0: Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. LifeHouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and we're going to jump in. Go to Luke chapter 3, and we'll go there in just a moment. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. But what if I told you that I have been graced with this incredible uh, supernatural ability that I could shoot a basketball like Stephen Curry? (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be here. Uh, Okay, 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 okay. Okay, well, I know because the way my body is set up, Maybe it's more like Charles Barkley. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's how. But, you know, and how many people seen the movie Like like Mike? Remember a movie Like Mike where the, where the little bow wow, he got like this magical ability or whatever, you know? And so I tell you that I got this supernatural ability to shoot like Steph Curry or, like I said, because the way my body's made up, it might be, you know, like a little bit more like Charles Barkley. But the moment that I step onto the basketball court, you're going to know whether that's real or not. And as silly as that might seem, do you realize that there are plenty of believers that sit in churches all the time that say that they have the Holy Spirit operating in their life? They say that they understand what the Holy Spirit's purpose is, and yet the moment that they walk out of the church doors, yeah, you could tell whether they have it or not. And so here's the thing. When I say the Holy Spirit, I know for many in a room this size, the Holy Spirit is kind of one of those topics that when you talk about, it's really controversial. Some of us, you might be new to church and you may not have grown up in church. And so hearing about the Holy Spirit, you're like, what what is the Holy Spirit? Some of you may come from a Catholic background or more of a background where they talked about the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Come on, who, 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 when you grow up, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost, and so, and you, and you may, you know, heard of the Holy Ghost, and you're just like, oh, what, what is this thing? Or some of you have grown up with a Pentecostal charismatic background, and so your experience with the Holy Spirit is just a lot of shouting, a lot of running around the church, Jericho wall marches and all this thing. Come on, yeah. Yeah, some of y'all, I know y'all grew up in church. I said Jericho march, you know, whoo! Some of you are ready to get up right now, and, and if it wasn't for this theater, you probably would just go ahead and start circling now. But some of you may have come from a church that the Holy Spirit was never mentioned at all. And because of that, you're just very closed off to the Holy Spirit. And like I said, the Holy Spirit is a very controversial thing. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is one of the most vital, important parts of a believer's life and yet is one of the most underutilized, most misunderstood portions of a believer's life. And so this morning I want to talk to you because Je- how many of us know that Jesus came to model the way? And how many of you know that if the Holy Spirit was important in Jesus' life, how many of you know that it should be important in ours? So especially for those that walk around with the wwwjd whatever whatever it is now, it. What would Jesus do? So if you have your Bibles, like I said, we're going to go read a couple of passages here. But Luke chapter 3, verse 21. And it says when all the people were being baptized Jesus was baptized too and as he was praying heaven was open and the holy spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven you are my son who i love with who i love with you i am well pleased Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old. We're going to skip all of that stuff. We're going to skip all the genealogy. doesn't mean the genealogy is important. There's a lot that's there. But we're going to jump down go to chapter 4. And we're going to start with verse 1. And it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. And so the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all the authority, their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I could give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will be yours. and when the devil had finished all this tempting he left him until an opportune time now i know there was a lot of scripture there and you may be thinking like what in the world does this have to do with jesus and the holy spirit and and just follow me we're going to we'll tie it all together at the end now with this passage it's a passage that most of us are familiar with if you especially if you've grown up in church Jesus's baptism and there is so much imagery there is so much symbolism that is in this all the way that it is really uh, not really I mean it, it's going to take a lot to unpack but we're not going to unpack every ounce of this. But what I want to highlight is this, you know, Jesus was being baptized and some of you may say, well, why was he being baptized? You know, because we know that baptism, John's baptism said earlier was for the repentance of sin. And we know that Jesus uh, committed no sin. So why did he need to be baptized? Well, this whole thing is put here to show us Jesus came and modeled. Jesus was a model for us how to live. And so what Jesus was doing, he was demonstrating, he was identifying with us and he was showing us what how to live the life that we're called to live. And so he was baptized. But there's one part of this story, and this story is amazing because we see the whole Trinity in operation here. You see where you see Jesus, part of the Trinity. And if you're not familiar with what that term means, it really it's a term that we use to say that the Godhead is the Trinity three in one, one in three. There are three distinct persons, but yet they're one. And I know it's complicated and it's hard and and, and it's really hard to understand. But just just it. it Just go with me here. That's what, what it is. And so we see all of the Trinity in operation here. We have Jesus, the son. We have God, who's the father that speaks to his son, saying that he is well pleased with him. But then we have the Holy Spirit. And many times when we talk about it, we really kind of leave a little bit. We kind of glance over. Oh, a dove came down and the Holy Spirit came and then now Jesus is is done. And we focus a lot on the voice of the Father. But what I want to tell you today is, is that the Spirit, Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Think about that for a moment. That here it is that Jesus is modeling from us, because remember, he is fully God, but yet he is also fully man. He chose in this moment to identify he is fully man, he is getting baptized, which is a model for us, but he's also modeling for us what is to come. That we need the Holy Spirit power in our life. And this Holy Spirit baptism was almost as this it's preparation for what Jesus was called to do to live the life that he came to live, to fulfill his destiny, which is what the Holy Spirit's purpose is for us. So when I talk about the Holy Spirit first, let's talk about who the Holy Spirit is. You see, the Holy Spirit, let me tell you what he's not. He's not a ghost. He's not like this Casper figure we talk about the Holy Ghost, he's like Casper the friendly ghost floating around. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the force. (laughs) Because sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like Star Wars, the force. We just close our eyes and use the force, Luke. (laughs) The force is strong in you, I see. (laughs) You know, it's not the force. And the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. For some of us that grew up in, in Pentecostal charismatic circles, you have to feel it. The Holy Spirit's a feeling. Now, in, 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 in part of these, you may have some experiences where you could feel the Holy Spirit, but he's not a feeling. What is the Holy Spirit? Or should I say, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person of the Godhead. That he is not only a person, but guess what? He is God. That not only is a person, but the Holy Spirit is God. Which means that he is part of the Godhead all and with everything that's a part of it. He is God. But the part of the Holy Spirit, he's come, is he come to make us more like Christ. You know, Jesus says, and especially in, in John, the Gospel of John, he talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. He says, you know what, I've got to go. Because, see, my limited role here on earth, I've limited myself to this bodily form as a person. But I have to go because there is one that is coming after me that is going to be the one that will be able to help you no matter where you go, no matter where you're at. He's always going to be with you. And that is the comforter, that is the advocate. He's going to be the one that will guide you into all truth. He's going to be the one that will be able to comfort you when you're down. He's going to be the one that will show you what truth is. He's going to be the one that will guide you. He will be the one that will lead you through this life, the Holy Spirit. But then he said he's also the one that the Holy Spirit empowers, which means this, that he gives us supernatural grace and supernatural strength to be able to walk through. Pastor John talked a little bit of earlier when he felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that some of us are walking through situations. You know, guess how you can make it through the situation because the Holy Spirit will undergird you and give you supernatural strength, will give you supernatural ability that in your own strength, you cannot make it on your own. So now we establish really quickly Who the Holy Spirit is. But now we need to talk about why was the Holy Spirit so important to Jesus. Now as we see Jesus got baptized. And there's so much on to that. But then when we jump down to chapter 4. There's something significant that happens. Jesus is preparing for ministry. He's preparing to live and walk out the purpose of God for his life. But the Bible says this, that in the process, the Holy Spirit, he was full of the Holy Spirit. But what did it say the Spirit let him do? It said the Spirit led him into the wilderness. The Spirit led him into the wilderness where he faced temptation. Now, let me, let me pause right there. That, let me just say this. God does not tempt you. The Bible said God does not cause temptation. God tests you but he doesn't tempt you, what's the difference? Testing is to see what's inside of you. Temptation is an invitation to walk and to exit off the path that God has for you. You see, God tests you to show what's in you so that you know what more you need from him. The enemy tempts you because he doesn't want you to follow God and he will tempt you away from him. And so it says Jesus was he was led out into the wilderness, and it's so important to understand because some of this, it will blow your your, your church-going theology uh, all to the bits, is that the things that you walk through necessarily just because they're bad, just because you're going through a rough situation, sometimes it's because the Holy Spirit has put you in that situation. You see, we are taught that if we something bad happens to us, then we must have done something wrong. We must have done something bad. And some of you are walking around with such a guilt, such a condemnation, because things are happening in your life, and you're thinking, Lord, you don't love me. Lord, you don't care about me. I have done something bad, when all the while Jesus is like, hey, you've done something good. Keep going. Example in the scripture, Job. Job. You know why Job went through what he went through? Was because he was a worshiper of God. And so everything that you go through is not necessarily evil or from the enemy or because you've done something bad. Sometimes it's because God is setting you up for something. He's preparing you for something great, and he's putting you in that situation so that you can know what is inside of you and to build muscles and to build faith that you would otherwise not have if it was just presented right before you. So, but but I want you to make it clear. It said the Holy Spirit, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit led him. Now here's where the rubber meets the road is now Jesus is faced now with these temptations. And guess what? What are we faced with all the time? We're faced with temptations. But let me talk a little bit about these temptations here. These temptations, the enemy comes and he's tempting Jesus. Think about it for a moment. If the devil is so Arrogant that he would tempt Jesus How much more do you think he would do to you and I? That's why we need to really follow the example of Jesus and see what Jesus has done So the first temptation we have here we get here and he says hey the devil says to him If you are the son of God, he says if you are the son of God tell this stone to become bread now I want to just pause right here and say this The enemy will not tempt you beyond your ability to do something. So what do I mean by that? Let me explain. This first temptation, he told Jesus to turn stone into bread. You and I won't be tempted to turn stone into bread because guess what? We don't have that ability to do that. So if the enemy comes to me and says, hey, turn this stone into bread, I'm like, you must be tripping. (laughs) I can't do that. The enemy won't test you beyond your ability or what you're capable to do. And so thus he comes to Jesus. And here, listen, follow me here. Jesus was hungry because he was out in the wilderness fasting for 40 days. And there's so much symbolism in here. The symbolism of the children of Israel being in the desert for 40 years. Jesus being there for 40 days. There's so much here, but I don't want to get sidetracked with that. So he tempts Jesus. He says, hey. Hey. You're hungry. So why don't you go ahead and turn this, these stones into bread? You have this physical need. You have this ability. And what was he really twisting him on? He was testing him on, does God really provide for you? Here it is. You're the son of God. God is hungry. You're hungry. You know what? God didn't provide any food out here for you. So why don't you do it for yourself? Isn't that what the enemy does with us? That he lies to us to tell us that we could meet our own needs by our own ability and by our own ways. That's how the enemy comes to us. He tells us, he makes us question, come on. But here's another thing. I want you to notice something, too, the enemy does that's very subtle in here. He says, if you are the son of God. Let me tell you this really quick. The enemy's temptations always come in three things. He's going to challenge one of three things. He's going to challenge your identity. If you are the son of God. He's going to challenge your direction. And he's going to challenge your support. And what do I mean by that support? Does God really care about you? Do people really care about you? Are people really there for you? And so all the temptations that he touched you, it's going to involve one of those three things. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit, because guess what? The Holy Spirit, he combats all of those three things. The Holy Spirit says that when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, it says the Holy Spirit is a testimony. It's a deposit letting us know that we are children of God. That it gives us a spirit of sonship to say that God is our father. So the Holy Spirit reinforces our identity. But it also says this, the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. He will give us direction. But it also says the Holy Spirit is a comforter that he will support us he will be there for us so you see it is so important that we have the holy spirit because when the enemy comes to challenge your identity when he comes to challenge your direction when he comes to challenge your support guess what it is there so what jesus does here is he models for us that when the enemy tries to come in and say hey guess what the lord doesn't provide for you the lord's not there for you He didn't sit there and Jesus didn't argue back and forth. See, some of the reason why that we don't beat temptation is because we sit there and argue with it. We sit there and we argue with it. And we argue with it long enough that we just kind of get in. We give in. Because the enemy's been around a long time. He's got a lot of endurance. And he can keep going. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He'll keep going and going and going. And all of a sudden, it'll wear us out. But if you notice, Jesus didn't argue with him. He said, It is written. Let me tell you what the word of the Lord says. He said, It is not, man does not live by bread alone. He went to the word, full of the spirit. He went to the word. But, you know the enemy's crafty because like I said he's like the energizer bunny so he says okay I couldn't get him with that but let me come back to him again let, let, me, let me let me let me go let me go again and I can see the enemy coming back and saying you know to his demons they're like well how did it go how did it go and he's like well what happened right uh, what happened right I, I, I told him this but uh, but you know I'm going back I'm going back so he comes back to him and he said this it said So the devil led him to a high place and showed him in the instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, I will give you their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I could give it to anyone I want to if you worship me. You see, for some of us. If it's not the provision of God, he tests. Now he begins to test us with power. You know what? Jesus, you see all the world over there? You see all of that? That could be yours. I give it to you. Think about this for a moment. Satan wasn't operating off of his, he wasn't doing something he didn't have the authority to do. Notice he says, the kingdoms of this earth, they've been given to me. And I'll give them to you. The Bible talks about that Satan is the God of this world. So he says this, I'll give it to you. I can make you powerful. You know what? All you have to do is worship me. What was he challenging? He was challenging our worship. What are we going to worship? You see, some of us have been caught in this thing where we worship our job. Where we worship relationships. Some of us, it's just me, myself, and I. And you're so caught up in yourself, you even worship yourself. You see, what the enemy was tempting him in, he was saying, hey, you know, I could give this all of you. I could give you power. You could have control. Because that's what we all want. We want a better job. We want a bigger house. We want more money. We want all of these things here. And, and, and think about it. It was even a shortcut to it too. You, you don't have to go to the cross. You, you don't have to, you don't have to do all that. You ain't got to get beat. I could give you everything, but here's the thing that Jesus knew. Jesus knew all of that was going to be his anyway. Jesus already knew what the enemy was trying to get him to do is, hey, if you give up a little bit, I could give you some power if you just step back and worship me, if you would just take a shortcut. And he does that to us all the time. But again, how did Jesus respond? He didn't sit back there and argue with him. He said, it is written... Worship the Lord and serve him alone. Didn't argue with him. But then how now, again, the the enemy's crafty, so he goes back and he says, man. He's like, man, won't take no power. He's like, I can't even get him to make some biscuits. (laughs) He's like, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, I got it. So he goes back to him again. And it said he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Oh there's so much into that. He had him go to the Jerusalem which is what? The city of God, the city of David. It's an important city to the to the Jewish people. And the temple, the center of worship. And he says he takes him up to the highest point and he says this. He says, "I want you to throw yourself down from here." But then here's the insidious nature, and this is why we need the Holy Spirit, because this time he decides if I can't get him this way, I'm going to quote the Bible. So now Satan, how I many, some of you are shocked to know that Satan knows the scripture better than you. He knows the Bible. Matter of fact, it'll blow your mind that if you read the book Bible long enough, you'll realize that, that even the demons. I think it's Galatians or don't quote me on that but it says that even the demons know Jesus's name and so here it is he begins to quote scripture to Jesus you know throw yourself down because you know in Psalm 91 it says that he'll have his angels guard you and take you up and how many of us and how many cults have been started because people have used Scripture to get their own way? We take Scripture to justify our behavior. But again, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, He just answers back. What does he say? He says this: Do not put your Lord God to the test. What did he do? He fought the word with the word. And here's the crazy part about this is. The enemy was challenging his protection, God's protection. But here's the thing, how it looks for us. We test God all the time that way. You say, well, what do you mean by that, pastor? Lord, I need you to bless my finances. But yet you're not a good steward with what you have. Lord, I need you to save my kids, God. I need you to save my kids, but you're not bringing them to church. And you're not being a good example in your home. That every time that you know you should be in the the word, you're you're watching TV. and, and, And when it's time to go to church, oh, I don't feel like going today, so I won't go. But Lord, save my kids. Lord, heal my body. But yet we put things in our body to destroy it. Lord, give me a mind like you. Give me the mind of Christ. And yet we fill our minds with much of filth and trash that we watch on TV and things that we listen to. You see how we test him all the time? We test him all the time. But again, he went back and he said, It is is written. He didn't argue with it. That Jesus was able to combat all of these things. Because at the core of it, it was all to doubt God. But yet the Holy Spirit because don't miss this either. Because Look, he says, the devil, when he did this, the devil had finished tempting him, but led, but left him to an opportune time. But then if you go to verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. The Spirit led him into the wilderness, and the Spirit guided him out. The Spirit led him into the wilderness, but then the power of the Spirit led him out to start his ministry. Don't miss, don't, the Spirit led him into the wilderness, but the Spirit then brought him out. So, what it means is this the Spirit didn't leave him from the beginning and the end. The Spirit was with him at the beginning and it led him through and brought him out on the other side to begin his ministry. You see, the Holy Spirit was vital in Jesus's not only was Vital in the baptism, but it was vital in the life that he would live. And the first thing, and it's and it's not a coincidence that the first thing when we get the thing when Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's not a coincidence that the first time that he, he goes out from being baptized in the Holy Spirit, what happens, he's faced with temptation and he's fighting the enemy because he wants us to know that we are in a spiritual battle, that we are in a war and that the enemy plays for keeps. But guess what, you don't have to succumb to the temptation because 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 the Holy Spirit is with you. And when he's with you, he's going to help you with all of it. He's going to help you to respond. Don't argue with the temptation. Don't sit there and toy around with it. But allow the Holy Spirit to be your defense. Allow the Holy Spirit to empower you. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to make you more like me. But here's the thing. How do I get the Holy Spirit? How do I get what Jesus had? There's a key thing in here. I'm glad you asked. It says this. It's very quick, you'll miss it if you you, you don't read it. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, Where did that come from? It says Jesus was being baptized and he was praying. And as he was praying, what did it say? Heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Jesus said how he modeled for us. How do you get the Holy Spirit? Just ask. You pray. You ask for. You ask him to come be with you. You ask him to come. Lead you. You ask him to come guide you. And here's the thing. And some of us have to boot this bad theology out. You don't have to. The, we, some of us have been taught that, OK, we have to pray for the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden we got to wait all day and all night for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. Why? Jesus tells us that he is a gift to us. How many of you have ever been given a gift but then told that you got to beg and you got to plead for it and you got to grovel for it. You got to crawl on your hands and knees for it. You got to beg. No. When someone gives you a gift, they give it to you freely. And what Jesus is saying is that man, he modeled for us, "Hey, Holy Spirit, come." That when you say yes to Jesus and you ask the Holy Spirit to come, He's right there with you. He is right there with you, and he will lead you, and he will guide you. Just one quick story in closing and tell you just something incredible, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, not only just to help us just with temptation, but also to help us to do what God's called us to do. I was in Cambodia, and so I was in Cambodia many years ago, I've, I've just accepted my age. I used to say just a few years ago, and then I realized that, you know what, Telvin, you just got to stop. You just got to stop. I mean, you know, I've accepted that. I went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, the eye doctor, and she just asked me. She's like, you're ready for bifocals? And I looked at her like crazy said, no, the answer is yes. <laughs> so I got these progressive lenses that, uh, you know, that I'm supposed to be wearing, but what had happened right uh, Has just... <laughs> So I'm just I just so that's why my reading was a little bit off because I can't see the words, Uh, that's why they say the word that I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Even when I can't see it, it's working, and so. uh, But let me get back. Let me get back to let me get back to the thing here. So I was in Cambodia, and so getting on. And so I was excited to be able to get back and get back to the U.S. and I had a team with me, and so we were. I got on the plane. And I'm sitting on the plane, and um, okay, I gotta hurry this up. So I'm I'm sitting in the plane, and as I sit in the plane, um, I have an empty seat next to me, and there's somebody sitting by the window. I was in the aisle. If you fly a lot, you know that man. That's a gift from God right there, not having anybody with you. So. As we were going, I see kind of this couple, they're, they're, they're Cambodian, they're kind of walking down the aisle, they're walking together, and they look and, and they see, and the one guy looks there, and, and I guess he looks, and and then I guess you know they're not seated together. And so he sits down and everything, and so I'm sitting here thinking, well, man, I just, I hate it. And I look back and I see his, his wife, fiance, whoever she was, she sat next to, we had two girls on the team, and she sat in the seat with them. So I'm like, man, I just hate for a couple to be split up. So I'm like, man, maybe I should just get up and I'll just trade seats and let them sit right there. I just, you know, do do the good thing. But the Holy Spirit said, no. I'm like, huh? He's like, no, sit right there. I said, well, I'm trying to do something nice, God. He's like, no, stay right there. So I said, okay, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna stay. So I stay in my seat and, and as soon as the plane took off, Kind of began to have a conversation. And as the conversation, I can't go into all the story, but but because it's just for the sake of time. But to, to let you know that at the end of that conversation, the gentleman began to ask me what I did. And, and come to find out he was Buddhist. He grew up Buddhist. And we began talking about scripture, began talking about God, began talking about all of this stuff. And here's the funny part. This is what is even crazy. You know, there's so much stuff. And if you want to hear the rest of the story, you got to come to second service. because I'll tell the full thing there. But uh, but <laughs> here. But so or you just got to watch the live stream for second service, get the views up. And so um, and so as I'm sitting there, though, but before I get to the airport, I, 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 I the Holy Spirit actually spoke to me and it was crazy because I'm like, I need to get people souvenirs. And I'm like, well, you know, what's cool? I'll get people a Bible written in Khmer which is the Cambodian language. I don't know if they'd be able to read it or not, but I just thought it was a real cool idea to get people Bible in a different language because I decided that I wanted to start collecting Bibles from every place I went. So I bought a couple of Bibles up. You know, we were able to, I was able to find some before the airport. So that's, that's just kind of set up context here. So as we're talking to the gentleman and everything, and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him and everything, I mean, it's just crazy. And all of a sudden he begins to ask me, you know, well, does tell me about your God. So I tell him about my God and stuff, and he's like, well, does your God have a book? And I'm like, man, I don't, man. But then it hit me. Telvin. I just brought several Bibles in the Khmer language. So I jumped up in my seat, and I grabbed, went to my overhead, and grabbed a Bible. And as soon as I gave it to him, he began to cry because he said, it's it's in my language. I said, yes, God loves you so much that he put it in your language. Language. And so by the time we had finished, it was probably like a we we're flying from like uh, Phnom Penh, we we're flying to Kuala Lumpur, which is like an hour and a half or so flight, two hour flight. But by the time we had finished and landed, I prayed the salvation prayer. I really didn't pray the salvation prayer. He actually prayed it himself. I mean, he, he it was like a fish jumping in the boat because he was like, I believe. And it was just like crazy. And so but we we're leaving, we were walking out and stuff and he was excited and I saw him, you know he's, he reunited with his, with his fiance wife, I forget what she was. and the two girls that were sitting there like, you would not believe what happened. They had led her to the Lord as well. So you see, the Holy Spirit isn't just to help us beat temptation, but it's also to lead us into the destiny that he has and guess what newsflash your destiny ain't about you it's about God using you to impact others I want you to stand to your feet to this morning some of you have been walking through things you've been going through things some of you in this room you have been afraid of the Holy Spirit You've been misinformed about the Holy Spirit. Some of you have not relied on him. But today you're like, you know what? The Holy Spirit, he's not so bad. No, he's not. He's awesome. And today you want to say, hey, I want the Holy Spirit. But for some of you, you've been so scared because you've been taught that you got to tarry. You've been taught that you have to beg and you have to, the conditions have to be right. And I want to tell you this, Jesus just prayed. And he he asked. And he tells us it's a gift. Matter of fact, after Jesus, here's the crazy part, after he appeared to his disciples, after after he rose from the dead, he told them, just receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't even tell them, okay, now I need for you to tarry all night long. I need you to beg and beg, and then I need you to start doing this and dance, jump on one leg and start doing it. He said, no, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So today, if you need the Holy Spirit, and you've never asked the Holy Spirit to come, the Bible says, ask. We read the scripture earlier that everyone who asks, will receive. So all you have to do today is that you just have to pray and say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, fill me. And guess what? If you said yes to Jesus and you've asked him for the Holy Spirit, it's done. It is done. So let me pray for you. And I'm just going to turn over to Pastor John. And this morning, just lift your hands. Lord, I just pray now for your people. I pray even now that Holy Spirit, you'll begin to speak and work in hearts. And I pray for those that have never asked you, whether because they've been afraid or they've not understood. I pray that today that something would have illuminated in their minds and in their hearts to know that you, Holy Spirit, are not to be feared. That you, Holy Spirit, you're not playing hard to get, but that you want to lead us. You want to guide us. You want to empower us. And I pray that as they ask you, I pray that even now you would feel them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757 757- 690 For more information about LifeHouse you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church That's lifehouseonline.church